And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barrett. Michele, oh, what's up? Weird time for us, but um, weird time. still Monday, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's good. It's great. Still sipping my coffee here on this Monday morning. It's uh, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Do you have a favorite candy, Michele? No. I think uh, licorice roll. I think well, I Licorice roll? I like the, the rolled up red yeah. one. Hmm. Yeah. That was I, it. Would have taken me maybe a hundred guesses, maybe more, to get to that. No, I, I already told you that. I think two years ago. I would have, you were. I, I'm what? <laughs> I believe you. I don't remember that, but I do believe you. He <laughs> said that. Um, I'm going no sugar right now, so today is not a great day for me to be talking about candy. But uh, it's hard to beat a good Snickers bar or a, Reese, oh. a Reese's cup. Do you have Reese's cups over there? No, I you tried don't. once. No, no, we don't. Oh, you think it's... Oh, yeah, we have talked about this. You think it's too sweet. You think the peanut butter is too sweet. It's not real peanut butter, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, But I had my protein yogurt, I think, two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, it was coffee and peanut butter. Yeah. It was not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds delightful. Um, no, but coffee and vanilla are way better, but hey... I at least tried to be a little bit more American, just 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 a tiny bit more. <laughs> oh man! Uh, something else you can do to be a tiny bit more American is come to Down to Dunk Night on Thursday. It's going to be great. I, someday, Michaela, you're going to have to uh, join us on Down to Dunk Night. I think the people demand it. The people the people want to have Michaela Barra in person at the arena so that we can all hang out together. So uh, one of these days, we'll have to make it happen. Maybe we can convince the Thunder to to fly you out on a private jet. That 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 seems not necessary. I just have to <laughs> to try to try to, to organize a visit to uh, the cement plants in US. Yeah, uh, we have one in prior, so maybe there you go. Maybe we we need to we need to work out something. There you go. So Thursday night against the Nuggets, we are having down to dunk night at the arena. So buy your tickets. You can go to the Down to Dunk Twitter account. Also, I've retweeted it several times, uh, but join us. It's going to be great. You can still get your tickets today. We will have a pre-game meal and also a live Q&A. 
with all the down to dunkers, uh, except for McKelly. Uh, Alex, <laughs> Alex will be there as well. So join us there. We'll do a live Q&A on stage. You'll be able to ask us anything you want about the show, about the Thunder, about the NBA, whatever, cereal, anything you want. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then we will go watch the Nuggets game together. And it'll be so much fun. And then we will go on to the court after the game to take a group picture. And then the half-court shot festivities will begin. And whoever wins this half-court shot competition will get courtside seats to a game of their choice. So it's a pretty great deal. It's a pretty fun time. Be there this Thursday. I can't believe it's this week. Well, like it snuck up on me. Uh, something else yeah. that that was sneaking was Isaiah Joe sneaking onto the court there with about four minutes left. They're down 16 points. And Mark Degnall is just, just trying stuff. He's like, let's put in Isaiah Joe for Poku. Let's play a little bit smaller. And they start to turn things around. They're down 16 points. And they yeah. they battle back. Part of it's Isaiah Joe, who just starts nailing threes. Uh, most of it's Shea, because Shea was yeah. Shea was unbelievable in this game. He was just an absolute monster in this game against Luca. And you, I think that I don't know that people nationally that people are going to start understanding how good Shea is. Like I'm not counting on that, but like 38. Six and nine, two steals and a block. He was the, I mean, he was one of the, he and Luca like stood out as two great players on the court. And I think that it's a, it's about time McKelly is, is, is on a mission somewhere. Um, he just stands out as a true star now. Yeah. And I, and you definitely saw it last year toward the end of the season in particular. But the way that he's getting to the paint, just at will, when they know that's what he wants to do, the guy leads the league and drives. He still gets where he wants. His mid-range jumper looks really good. Like his body control is, is improved. Not that it was ever bad, but it's improved. And he's just starting to get whatever he wants. And this is without the full squad. You know, this is without, I mean, I just, you've, sometimes you forget like Chet Holm, Holmgren's going to be on this team, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy what he was able to do in this game and just the, the way that he continues to fight, the way that he is defending too is different. You know, he's yes. really trying on defense and he's using his length and using the athleticism that he has. Um, this is an all-star player. I mean, if he plays like this until February, he will be an all-star. Like, there's just no question in my mind. Oh, if he plays like that um, up to February, he'll be probably an all-NBA kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't go 29, 6, and 6 and not being an all-NBA. Yeah. Um, even on a team that is not winning at a high level, but if they close the year 50% and he is like this, yeah. Yeah, there is no doubt yeah. in my mind. Um, I think that we should go back one year in remembering when 
teams like the T-Wolves or I don't remember. It was a game in particular where I think it was the T-Wolves where they were just sending three guys yeah. and sending him left every single time. Mm-hmm. And he was having a hard time at the rim. Yep. Right now, that's gone. Yeah. He is finding ways either with a pass or with just being more aggressive, more poised, more strong. Uh, I would say even more, I mean, uh, more crafty around there. Um, he's just scoring at will. And, and you're right. Um, I mean, Dallas is not a bad team defensively. They are long. Uh, they can switch everything. And it really didn't matter. They're um, giving Trey man fits because... Yeah. Because of their length, because they don't play small guys, you know? Yeah. Um, there was no... Yeah, the smallest no, is six, real 6'5". Six yeah, no, nobody for Trey Mann to, like, truly cook because it's, he's, like, cooking either smaller guys or he's cooking, like, big men. And Without slow. Yeah, yeah, and it's just harder for for him to get going against, like... I mean, they have... They just have good players that have good length and good athleticism and... um. You know, Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock, those are good defenders. Um, so, yeah, even like Maxi Kleba is like a good defender. Yeah, uh, so is Powell. I mean, these are guys yeah. that um, that play uh, and play on both ends. Mm-hmm. So I am really surprised that Shea is this good this early, mm-hmm. um, but not not super-duper surprised. I mean, we, we saw glimpses of that last year. Um, yeah. I was high on Shea. Not quite this high, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> um, one thing that really blew my mind um, after I read, I thought about the game, it was the impact that Lou had on Luka Doncic. Um, oh, I man. mean, I think that as can a, you put your ha- you're going to put your hate away for one episode? Is that what's happening right now? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right, I mean, good. the way in which Lou um, impacted the game on both ends is why I think OKC is willing to give him huge money. Mm-hmm. Um, Luca was was good, don't get me wrong. Um, he was still the engine of the offense, but scoring-wise, Luke gave him fits. Yeah. And and I, I texted um, the group chat, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, when, did, when is the last time that Luke was elite defensively? Where mm-hmm. This is elite Luke Dort. Mm-hmm. And... It's been a while since we saw Lou having such an impact. Maybe guys like Luca, guys that can, guys that are the engine of a team, are the best way to to maximize Lou Dort. But the most impressive thing was the shot selection on offense. Yeah, he was getting deep in the paint, and we discussed just a second ago how the length of Dallas is a problem for many guys, including Trey Mann. It was not for Dort. He was bowling guys down there making right, the good choices. I mean, I think that he rushed two trees, but if taking two ill-advised tree, trees, um, like 50, even 50% of his trees, um, it's the price that I have to pay mm-hmm. to get all the other things, then it's good for me. Um, and the same goes for Baisley. I mean, these two guys are not elite decision maker, not even probably good decision makers, um, but if they can impact the game to such a high level, on defense and they are efficient enough, then these guys are keepers because you you really saw uh, how easy it was for OKC to change the game defensively with all these guys on the court. Yeah, I mean Dort Dort was great, and I we talked a little bit about 
this preseason, but just like the the pressure cooker of games that feel like they matter. And the guys that showed up in this game, it was Shea, it was Lou, it was J-Dub who played in his first game when you talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Darius Baisley. Like those are the guys that really showed up in this game. And not that like this means it's not an indictment on anybody, but like they there's other guys that have just got to have more experiences like this. There hasn't been they haven't had a ton of experiences like this playing against teams that that matter fighting back and you know, it was it's just good to see you know, Lou Dort coming out in a game that, you know, feels like they're they're scrapping and clawing to win this game. They just don't stop. I mean, it was very much a Lou Dort game. Yes. And then the fact that Aaron Wiggins just continues to play, you know. He's just solid. He played 27 minutes. Like, he just knows how to play the game. He wasn't spectacular in any way, but the thing that stands out to me that I don't think I was expecting is the passing from him. Mm-hmm. You know, he is aware all the time of what he needs to do. Like, he's just somebody that knows how to play the right way, knows how to play within Dignall's system defensively and offensively. I mean, his line wasn't impressive, five, five, and four. It's like, yeah, whatever. But he's just contributing just all the time, all over the court. And he's a guy that you can plug in and feel really good about. It's just – and what's funny is that, like, in the history of the Thunder – how many wings that are role players have they had that you just like plug in and you're like, yeah, I feel good about this guy on both ends of the court, not like making decisions, doing everything. I mean, I don't know if they really have had a guy. (laughs) Yes, but allow me to put a little bit more of praise on the coaching staff um, on on this point. Sure. Because I think that there is a huge difference on being asked to play extremely good defense and being asked to be in the corner just waiting for a shot compared to, hey, you're a functional part of our offense. Yep. You will be tasked to make decision with the basketball in your hands. Um, yes, Shea is number one. Yes, probably you are number five in the pecking order. But when you get the ball, you need to think and to act and react. Yeah. And I think this completely changes the way in which a role player can impact the game because it's not just hey when the ball touch your hands you need to shoot it you better shoot that's your and you better make it and if you don't make it exactly you're gonna you suck (laughs) you know that's that's how it felt with like all the role players that would just be parked like the josh hustises of the world would just have to stand like they they compete as hard as they can on the defensive end and then on offense you stand there and wait and that's yeah. not this. That's not that's not this new offense. That's not this Thunder team anymore. Like, don't no. we just cannot. We you can't compare the two eras offensively at all. Not that like this team is like oh they're so much better offensively. This Thunder no. team is not good offensively in comparison no. in comparison to the other teams. Exactly, it's just different it's in the different. way that they do it. It was just a different animal. I I remember how electric there. Um, Russ for MVP season was, oh but yeah. I also remember uh, texting you, or I don't remember who, probably you, hey, he made a pass at the, at the last possession of the game to Anthony Morrow. Wow, yeah. he did it. I like, know. Shea, if you look at how Shea impacted the game uh, against Dallas, the pass to Isaiah Joe was, I didn't feel like, what is happening here? It's mm-hmm. just, hey, that's the right pass. Great. Yeah. 
he made it because mm. I, I trust Shea to do that yeah. uh, consistently. Yeah. He also did it against Minnesota. Then Poco was wasn't able to to finish it. They did it against um, the, Clippers the Clippers at home, and, and Poco was able to finish it. Yep. So I really like the process. I know that it's early. It's six games. We don't have enough data to conclude anything. Right. But but the, the idea that I have in my mind about this coaching staff and this team in general is extremely high. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are playing the right way. If you look at the defense, like come on, they are rotating like crazy. It's it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to to, to play a team like Dallas, where if you double a guy for one split of a second more than what you should, you have an open corner three. Yeah. And they, they had luck because Dallas missed a bunch of open looks. But for the majority of time, they were on point, like yeah, they're they're sixth in defense according to NBA.com. Yeah, it's crazy. Right I mean, now. that will regress to the mean. Some uh, Alex mentioned that in on Twitter and on our group chat. Opponents are shooting bad percentage against the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Part of it is closeout. Sure, I'm not sure that is the entire picture. I think that luck always plays into that, and you need to wait yeah. uh, 25, 30 games to see oh, what yeah. is the actual percentage. Yeah, these numbers are it's not wise to take any of these to the bank yet as far as mm-hmm. like what they are offensively defensively anything like that it's just not it's not smart to do yet but just recognizing what they have been through six games mm-hmm. it's like this it's pretty cool you know to see the way that they've played they play really hard you know it can be you could get really discouraged after losing you know your first three games and especially how some of it looked but they keep coming at it, you know. There's, I mean, there's definitely a lot of surprises in the in the top eleven in defense. Charlotte's eleventh in defense. You know, mm-hmm. Washington's tenth. Utah's eighth. OKC's sixth. You know, the rest: Bucks, Lakers, Cavs, Suns, T Wolves. It's like, okay, that's that's not yeah. crazy. You know, Clippers are seventh. None of none of those are crazy, but I think we're which is crazy. Like the Clippers are eighth. You said eighth or seventh? Seven. Yeah. And OKC played like like they were nothing on defense. They were terrible. Yeah. They were. They looked old. They looked slow. They looked like that yesterday against the Pelicans too. Yeah. Yeah. So part of that game, you know, and. Yeah, that's a it's a weird one. I expect them to play better. They had a they had a slow start to their season last year too, and yeah. picked and picked it up. So I'm not. You can make no assumptions when it comes to the Clippers and what they're going to be or what they are right now. But you need to burn them. Burn your assumptions. <laughs> burn your predictions. What is it? Save your yeah, predictions. Burn your assumptions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get rid of them because yeah, we don't know. And with the center team, we don't know. Like it feels great right now to see them winning like this and to see them playing together. Um, we don't know what this will result in. You know, we'll know more after twenty games. I think that you really do know what a team is after twenty games, and yes. so we're still. But do we care? Do we care about like, what? As long as they play this way, mm-hmm. as long as they play the guys, mm-hmm. do we really care about the end result? For this season? Here's the thing about this season. This season, you can sit back and enjoy it. Win, lose, doesn't matter. If they lose, you're they're getting better lottery position. If they win, 
like they're establishing the baseline for the climb up the second mountain is what they're doing. Yeah. And they're actually proving that we actually have guys that can make it up the second mountain, which is really yeah. important. And it's not even talking about a guy like Usman Jang who like could legitimately be a big part of that next high. Mm-hmm. But we don't he's just not there yet. He's not ready yet. But there's a lot of guys that I think are ready. I mean, I think J Dub is ready. <laughs> he's he's Yeah, we, so, should, we need to talk about him. He is he is a really good basketball player, man. And he we're only scratching the surface of what he can be. Because I think I think there's a legitimate case that in a couple years he is one of the three best players on the Thunder because of the way that he plays. Like his pace, he's played in two NBA games. Really, just really one NBA game. He's played in 30 minutes. Yeah. And you can see that he understands pacing and spacing and like the game doesn't feel fast, doesn't look fast for him. No. He understands it. I think he plays defense. He plays defense. He's strong as heck. I mean, he drives the lane, can absorb contact and finish over guys. And it's just like, oh, okay. He's, he gets it. And he's played 30 minutes in the NBA and he's just making smart decisions with the ball. He takes high percentage shots. Um, there's just a lot to like and the size that he has and the ball handling and the defense like there's just there's just so much to like about this guy and I I want to see more I hope that he continues to stay healthy I'm sure he's not comfortable wearing that mask you know in games but I this is somebody to like this is somebody to keep an eye on I know that it's it's definitely Shea Trey Mann has been great. You know, Trey didn't have a great game against the Mavs. That, that to me is not really an indictment on Trey. Trey's still learning and growing, mm-hmm. but J Dub is. I mean, he's a he's just like a a real NBA player. And the fact that they got him where they did at twelve, um, I think there's going to be some teams kicking themselves that they didn't take him earlier in the draft, even though it felt like somewhat of a reach on draft night, but. There, there are going to be teams that are going to have some big time regrets on not drafting them. I mean, at the very top is the Washington Wizards at ten. You know, yeah, taking Maybe Johnny if we Davis. Were, like, I like Johnny Davis. He's mm-hmm. been terrible, but I, I liked him a lot in college. I think even the Spurs, who need a guard pretty badly. Um, yeah. If he was playing for San Antonio right now, and I like everybody knows I'm a big Jeremy Sohan guy. Like I think he's great. Um, you th- you think that you know J Dub could be playing for the Pelicans right now instead of yeah, Tyson that, Daniel? that is the team that I was thinking about. You know, I think that might be as high as you can go. Where like where there's maybe like some uh, I wish that you know they would have taken him. Like Shaden Sharp's been great. Ben Matherin's like, gosh, that guy's so good. Yeah. Um, and then on and on. I don't think that any of the rest regret it, but like even up to eight, I think you could say like, like oh man. Again, it's it's super duper early. But I, that game I is... don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. 
I just, I am so I mean, impressed. He played the same way he played in Summer League, to be honest. Yes, with you. I am uh, so impressed. And the fact that he's as versatile as he is with the size that he has, where you can, where it's yeah. not just like he's some 6'3 guard or something. Like he's not that. He's 6'6, six, six, you know? 6'7 in shoes and hairs. 6'8 in shoes and hair. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And just plays the right way. I think that he's going to impact the league for a long, long time. And I think that the Thunder are very smart for drafting him. Um, where they He needs did. to make shots. Let's find some negative. Makes make some jump shots, you mean? Yes. Yeah. He's five of eight. You know. <laughs> he needs to make shots from three. Mm-hmm. At a good clip. Mm-hmm. To be the, the actualized sam- version of it, of the sample is like, the sample is really low so far. Yeah, He's, what is he only taking like four threes, three threes? Yeah, I don't know, but the the, the shot looks good, but but slow. Yeah. So um, that part of the game, uh, we we need to be a little, a little bit. We, we need to nitpick a little bit, otherwise. He's taking three we threes. Are. He's one of three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that we still need to see a lot from him. Just the. The thing that's impressed me the most, though, is just his pace and his poise. Yeah, for just coming right into the NBA, and it's he just looks like he fits in right away. Yeah, and again, he was playing against guys like Dinwiddie, uh, Luca, and and he was just picking picking their pockets and, mm-hmm. and, and being active on the passing lane. Being he had four good steals. Overall. Yeah, yeah, he was just um, he was just very impressive. I mean, yeah. it's um. Okay, so he's playing in a in a good good groove right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the schedule did not do any favor to them. Um, no, and no. they are fifty percent. Nobody in his right state of mind could have predicted this. Yeah, even knowing that the Clippers was like without Paul George for one game. Yeah, I would even without Paul George for both games, I would have said they probably go one and one. Maybe. Yeah, which is what we said mm-hmm. uh, after the pod last week. Is saying, yeah, we'll, they will split. Yeah. And then going and, and they, losing Dallas. And they nailed three games. Yeah, they dominated the Clippers and then had that yeah. furious comeback. Uh, Isaiah Joe. <laughs> what a night from Isaiah Joe. Didn't miss. He scored 15 points in nine minutes and three seconds in this game. Uh Defended Luca at the end of the. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> the game. I don't think. I think that was very intentional on the Mavericks' part. I don't think that was very intentional on the Thunders' part for that to happen. He held his own just fine. He's got better size than you think. You know. Yeah, what is six five and a half? Yeah, he he just looks. I mean, he looks big enough to cover him. You know, six. Yeah. He's. Uh, basketball Reference has him at six four. He looks bigger than that to me. Yeah, um, it was like a tad smaller than Shay, but not yeah. two inches. Yeah. Not that I can picture two inches in my head, but right. you know, <laughs> seven centimeters is probably what I'm picturing right now. Um, Five centimeter what he is. I don't know. He was I mean, he was great. This is what this is like what dreams are made of for a guy like Isaiah Joe. Um to be yeah. able to come in the game and impact it right away. I've don't know what this means for Isaiah Joe's career. I think that he was always this is the reason this is the reason why he's in the NBA just for shooting. And yeah. the Thunder are going to need shooters. And 
this is, these are the kind of guys that have been unearthed in Miami, you know, year after mm-hmm. year after year, it feels like. And whether it's him or Lindy or somebody, you hope that they're able to at least develop and bring along some kind of just lights out shooter. Because yeah, I mean, this is the Ty Jerome card. Yeah. Ty Jerome playing for the Warriors, getting their butts kicked yesterday, but still playing. Yeah, I mean, this is the the spot in the roster where you, you you're not a good defender and you sh- you are um, quote unquote lights out shooter, and that's he. Yeah, and he was ready. I mean, there is a world in which he goes zero for three and the game is over. Um, yeah. He didn't create to him create to Dagnall trying this because. I was discussing it with John on uh, on Thunder After Dark yesterday. I mean, if you go back, I mean, those spots in the bench were like you were going to stay there mm-hmm. unless it's a minus thirty five or whatever. Right. And maybe this is this was the reason of the substitution. Hey, let's start bringing the uh, the guys who don't play the G time, but the end of the game with a huge gap between the the two teams, not garbage because otherwise, uh, and. Um, or it was just a genius move. Um, the point is, Dagnall is trying those moves. He's trying stuff. And this one worked out. makes him look like a genius. There's other times where people are like, what the heck is he doing <laughs> with this substitution? Yeah, but I mean, minus 16, and, you, you sub in uh, a guy that may impact. Yeah. If not, after one and a half minute, you sub in another one and you just yeah. Yeah. wave your white flag. Right. Yeah. It's no... It's really no thing. Like it just doesn't yeah. doesn't matter all that much. But um, shouts to Isaiah Joe. Happy for that guy. It's just cool. This it's a, just a cool story. Somebody that gets waved and then comes in and makes an instant impact and makes Sixers fans vomit in their mouth as they're seeing the highlights of this game. Um, we got to talk about Darius Baisley, man. Darius Baisley was fantastic in this game. 15 points, eight boards, one loud block on Luka Doncic. This is at the end of the third quarter. I think he screamed something while blocking the shot. He, yes, on the replay, you could hear him yelling something, and he should because he, it was an amazing block at the rim. It's not like Luka's like some, it's not like Luka Zach Levine or something, but still, like Luka is Luka Doncic, and he, embarrassed him and then immediately embarrassed himself by bounce passing the ball out of bounds. But we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out. That was his only turnover of the game. So um, he's playing the exact role that, you know, we would would want him to. He's not spending Mm -hmm. a lot of time with the ball in his hands. He is finishing dunks. He is playing. He's just playing the right way for him. I, I still don't think he's the greatest fit within the offense, because there are still times where he does hold the ball a little bit too much um, mm-hmm. and doesn't really flow within the offense. But if he's the screener, then like things can go well because he's gotten good enough touch around the basket. Yeah. He will dunk the ball really hard. Um, and I, I don't know. The, and then the thing, the real calling card for him is his defense. Yes. Because he, it's different. he's the only guy on the team that has this kind of length and athleticism to defend bigger wings like Luca. I mean, he's he's a he's been a really good player. 
and I'm I'm still not fully convinced that he's like long for the thunder and just because there are so many guys and like can you really with all these other guys waiting in the wing can you really afford to pay Darius Baisley I don't know depends on what it costs yeah um but for now like as the backup center he's playing really well like he's out he's definitely out playing JRE at this point you know Jeremiah's kind of yeah Jeremiah's kind of had a and I know he, Jeremiah got a shout out from John Hollinger. It was a little that was a little curious to me that he was the one that got the shout out from this team. Yeah, I I don't know about Hollinger and the Thunder. It's it was weird. It was it it felt I don't know. It, it felt like way too NBA smart guy. And I like Hollinger a lot. He's a good guy. He's a good, obviously really good at what he does. Um, but yeah. there there were maybe like four or five other guys. <laughs> <laughs> that I would have given a shout out, man. Yeah, from the Thunder um, before him. Anyways, that's beside the point. Darius was great on Luca. He closed the game for the Thunder. If he's if he can play small ball center, I kind of like the Baisley Poku small ball center guys. You know, playing that spot because they're real versatile and like they're both really forwards. But mm-hmm. if you can get away with playing them both at center, I think it really works. And yeah. I, I was watching the the Magic play the Mavs last night, and I'm just thinking, oh man, this Magic game is a Darius Baisley game. Like this yeah, is a game where Darius you get the Paolo assignment. Yeah. Well, Franz Paolo, like they they need big switchable guys against that team because Franz and Paolo will take everybody off the dribble and try to get to the rack, yeah. and. Well, they take they both can take a variety of shots, and so to me, like this is like this is a quintessential Darius Baisley game. Like they need him to play well if they want to win on Tuesday night. Um, which is not a sentence I thought I would be saying that this is a Darius Baisley game, but it definitely is. It, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see him start. You know, in that game, I mean, they've had a different starting lineup like almost every single game. Um, I know that they've had the same one twice against the Clippers, but um, they continued to just shift things around. You know, they started Shea, Trey, Dort, Wiggins, Poku. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't – if you're trying to mix and match who you're playing and, you know, starting your guys for the matchup, you know, I wouldn't be against starting him in this game. Yeah, I wonder if um, playing from the beginning Dort and Baisley is actually something that you should do. At the end of the game, legs are different or heavy. Yeah. You can get away with not being 100% focused. Uh, but at the beginning of the game, I think that the spacing matters. I think that if yeah. Giddy is good to go, which we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. Um, I would bet for a starting lineup of um, Dort, Giddy. Poku, Shea, and Wiggins, or Kenrich. Yeah. Um, that gives you enough switching material uh, to switch every pick and roll that Giddy's playing. Mm-hmm. And y- you can also switch Pokushevsky. Maybe not on, on Paolo, but, but I think he that would be the start. Yeah, he, he, he can probably try to stick with him, uh, yeah. conceding the, the jump shot and, and trying to bother him at the rim as much as possible. But I think that trying to have um, 
a wing that is at least a little bit more consistent from three is the way to go uh, with the starting unit. And then you can you can put in Darius uh, with J-Dub, with Treyman, and then you have um, the second wave of good defense with Shea and maybe Giddy on the court, uh, Giddy on the bench. Uh, and uh, and then you have, like to me, um, a balanced um, substitution pattern. But, but I think that he can play um, a lot. I was thinking about last year when as soon as he used to take the ball um, on the wing outside of the three-point line, it was jab, jab, and then start of the third ball two guy, in two guys and maybe um, a good attempt at the rim. Right now, it's totally different. He is taking those open trees as, as soon as the ball touches his ends when when he knows that he has enough space or he's moving it. Like... There are multiple times, there were multiple times against Dallas where the ball arrives to his hands and he immediately keeps it moving. That is that is, is something that was not there last year. Sometimes he misses a pass, mm-hmm. sometimes he takes a split second more. But the fact that he's trying to keep the possession on and not just being the finisher is yeah. to me very important. Yeah. And um and it's different. I mean, the first game of the preseason was like bad basically for basically 30 minutes and it's incredible how right now it's uh that that part of the game is almost gone Mm -hmm. it's mostly good basically and sometimes attacking basically is a good basically uh Mm -hmm. if there is a one-on-one matchup with a guy that is lower than him i think that he has that ability he just has to use it a bit better than than last year which is doing it um he's doing it right now yeah, he did that against Hardaway. I think it was early on in the game yeah. where he, he it was kind of old old Baisley where he's surveying the floor, not really seeing anything, and then takes Hardaway off the dribble into the rack for like a little little jump hook and makes it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but Hardaway is shorter, like yeah. way shorter than mm-hmm. him. He can do that. And he also he has, knew that Christian Wood was down there in the paint and knew that all right, that guy's not going to do a thing to yeah. stop me. I read a very interesting article from Team Cato uh, on, on Christian Booth. <laughs> like it's, he, he is very, very Christian Wood. He's just doing yeah. his thing, you know, scoring when he can. And he is, I mean, he's bottom five defender in the paint. I mean, yeah, there's a reason he doesn't start. There's a reason they start Dwight Powell. Yeah. And... With the but score. I wonder hmm. if, I mean, I would leverage his three-point shooting more compared to his shot creation. Sure. Uh, like the, the point of the article was, and, and I'm not saying the team is getting it wrong. I think that whoever is talking to is probably getting things uh, that way, Yeah. which is without Luca on the court, they badly need Kristen Wood's shot creation. I don't think that they need the shot creation at all. Um, that can be. I remember discussing it with you about Melo. Like, hey, Melo can cook with the second unit. You you really don't want him to be your shot creator. You want him yeah. to be your extra spacer that maybe for three minutes he can get hot and, and cook. Um, but they have enough with Dinwiddie in terms of shot creation. They can use Wood with um, 
with Luca to create more space because yep. people will be way more into guarding him compared to uh, leaving him out, um, mm. leaving me open in the corner. I don't know if this satisfies Christian Wood though, but um, I would use him more of a decoy with Luca. I know that the defense will suffer, but in that way, you have a very powerful offense. Yeah. Yeah, he's not getting a ton of opportunities like that. And I agree. I think that they're going to have to evolve how they play with him. Because he's, I mean, he's got to play a lot of minutes just because they don't have a ton of depth. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting experience. <laughs> overall um but yeah this this thunder team is very interesting man um we're gonna take a quick break right after that we're gonna look at some more numbers and um then we're gonna talk about uh potential hard cap and what that might look like for the nba we'll be right back looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And we're back after that quick break. Um, McKellie... Just talking overall offensive defensive numbers, the Thunder are ranked 26th in offensive rating at a 108.4, just ahead of the Orlando Magic, who will be in town on Tuesday, and right behind the Washington Wizards. That that feels bad. That feels really bad whenever I say they're behind the Washington Wizards in an offensive rating, um, and that's pretty bad. They do have a positive net rating after six games. It's a .4. Mm-hmm. So it's not crazy, but it is good for 14th in the NBA. Um, just ahead, just behind Philly and just ahead of the San Antonio Spurs, who are 
Five and two. Holy yeah, smokes. I mean, they won last night. I am perplexed by the San Antonio Spurs team. Hey, Pop's magic. He's he is really good. He is yeah. really, really good. You know, the, the teams that are suffering at the bottom right now are the Houston Rockets at one mm-hmm. and six. The Atlanta Magic are one and six. The Brooklyn Nets are one and five and an absolute mess. And I woke up just thanking the good Lord that I don't have to cover the Nets because what an absolute debacle that is on and off yeah. the court. Yeah. It is a disaster beyond anything I could would have thought. And any hope that anybody had for the Nets being a contender, you should flush them down the toilet today. Because it's garbage up there, and I don't see this ending well for them at all. Uh, Detroit's no. two and five. No, it's LA's one yeah. and five. Um, yeah, those are your bad teams. The Heat are two and five. It's weird. Yeah, that's weird. That's very weird. I mean, um, just a word on what is happening outside of the basketball field. Yeah. I don't want to. I mean, it's not necessary for me to be <laughs> to say this, but just just go and look what Alex retweeted today. Yeah, it's enough. It's um, yeah, Kyrie is just. I don't want to talk a lot about Kyrie, but Kyrie is. Yeah, he's is not not a good guy, and doesn't either. No. He doesn't know what he's saying. Or I don't he, think so. Or if he does know what I he's saying, so. he is like completely out of his mind. Yes. I think that is the case, and there are like you can say that the Earth is flat, and and that's that's funny. That's sure. uh, obviously uh, you are a weirdo, but yeah, to say stuff about Germany in the forties and about Jews, about no, 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 yeah. no, don't yeah. don't touch that. Yeah, uh, just just don't. Yeah, I mean, I had multiple friends um, with parents deported. So yeah, please no. Yeah, that's not not okay. Yeah, um, but back on the on the stat, I mean, San Antonio Spurs are shooting forty percent from three, so that is, that is probably going to be. Uh, you don't think that will continue? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, we had the magic a couple of years ago, um, being red out at the beginning of the season and then just melting down uh, after yeah. a few weeks. Regarding OKC, they faced, I think. Um, five of the six teams that they faced are top eight defenses. Mm-hmm. And Dallas, I don't know where they stand, but they are not very far. Um, they should be middle of the pack or something like that. In defensive rating, they're yeah. in 12th. Yeah. So they faced all teams top 15 and above on defensive rating. Maybe Denver is not one. I don't expect Denver to be very good. Uh, Denver? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Let me see. But anyway, at least five out of six. 24th. Yeah, five out of Denver six. Denver has a negative top. net rating right now, negative 2.8. Yeah. So you can say that the offensive rating is probably a little bit um, skewed by that and also by the fact that they had horrific horrific three-point show showings and that is going to be the case for KC. I know that Alex will be mad at me but uh, they will not <laughs> score well uh, from three uh, this yeah, year as that, well. That's the thing is that so you have all these other teams that feel like an aberration you know mm-hmm. with 
San Antonio shooting 39.4 from three. The Indiana Pacers are three and four, but they're shooting 38.8% from three. The Charlotte Hornets are 37.6% from three. Like those all, they feel like aberrations. Like the fact that Charlotte has three wins, six, you know, they have the same amount of wins as Thunder do. They're 500, six games in, feels like a miracle. And yeah. part of it's that they're just shooting the ball well. Uh, Utah, Utah's five and two. They're only shooting 35.7% from three. Like that's truly not that much of an aberration. Like that's, that's league average. Um, the Thunder are shooting 29.5% from three. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. They're, Nobody's going to regress. Do you mean? I mean, it will trend upwards. It will get better. Yeah, it will get better. That's what I'm saying is that if you're a Thunder optimist, that's the number that I would point to and say the Thunder are taking 36 threes per game, which is good for 11th most really yeah. really tied for eighth is what it is because like the the grizzlies rockets spurs and thunder all take 36 per game and then it drops yeah. off to the 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 uh lakers at 34 for 12 but they're taking a lot of threes you know the only teams that are taking like a significant more amount of threes are the jazz warriors and uh celtics who are all taking 43s but the 29 percent is only bested by the Lakers who are shooting 26%, you know? Yeah. And like it will, they will shoot better than that. They have Ooh, the Lakers ever. Yes. Every team that's shooting less than 30% will shoot better. You know, I don't know when the last time that there was a team that finished less than 30%. I mean, the Thunder were the worst shooting team last year in the league from three. They shot 32.3%. Yeah. And over under 32 for the Lakers, though. Um, over. I just don't think teams shoot this bad. Okay. The Hawks were the worst team in 1920. They shot 33%. 1819, the worst team was 32.9%. It was the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. 1718, 33%. Again, it's the Phoenix Suns. 1617, 32%. It's the Thunder. 1516. It's thirty one point seven percent. It was the Lakers. You know, teams yeah, just that's don't. Their age. Um, teams just don't shoot below thirty percent from three in the modern three point era. They just don't. Thirty one percent is the lowest, you know, that I've seen in the last decade. I mean, even Minnesota. Here it is, twenty twelve thirteen. Minnesota shot thirty and a half percent from three. They only took eighteen threes, <laughs> which seems. That's- that's insane. another era of basketball. Yeah, That's, this is we we have we have fallen back into the previous era of the NBA because it's 18 yeah. threes. And when you shoot 18 threes, you're going to you're going to miss the more you take, the higher that percentage is going to go just because. Yeah. And so this this is where I know like it's the Lakers are really fun to make fun of. Don't get me wrong, like it's great. It's wonderful. They they finally got a win last night against the Nuggets and they celebrated like they won the championship and it was hilarious. Um, but they're shooting 26.6% from three. Like they're, the Lakers are going to get better just because math, you know, yeah. the Thunder are going to get better because of that too. The Thunder are not going to shoot 29% from three this season. The Lakers are not going to shoot 26% from three this season. That's just not going to happen. And the Clippers 
two or shooting thirty one and a half percent from three. They're not going to do that. That's yeah. not that's not going to happen. And then, like we talked about the other end, like the Cavs are not going to shoot forty two point seven percent from three this year. Yeah, they're just not. They're shooting lights out. They're yeah. they're crushing it right now, and that's not going to continue. The Pelicans are shooting forty percent from three. Sorry, Pelicans, you're not going to do that this year. Like both are. Both extremes are wrong, <laughs> you know, like yeah. like assumptions to make that this is the kind of shooting that you're going to get. And it just it stinks for the teams at the bottom like the Lakers. And I not that the Lakers need sympathy. They don't. Um, but like the 26 percent is just not they're going to get better. Yeah. How much? I don't know. Again, I would not be confident in putting the over. Well, maybe 32 and a half is a good over under. Yeah, I would not be. They're going to shoot five percentage points you. better, though. Which yes, is, yes, yes. Which is no, significant. No, no, no. Above 30 is a given. Um yeah. or should be a given. Um I think it is. I don't I mean, even if you're I mean the 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 Thunder last year. Yeah. <laughs> shot better than that. Like that, yeah. like that's it. Like sign sealed yeah, delivered. I mean, it's just the way that it is. Yes, yes, it is. Um so the defensive number uh that is also skewed a little bit by the fact that they didn't face uh, great offenses as of yet. Yeah. So I think that it's not impossible to see them like between 12 and 18 both this year and maybe better on defense. We'll see. Uh, that is the number that, I mean, if they are a top 10 defense or top 15 defense with not a bottom three offense, they will they will be in the plane or close to that. Yeah. That, that is just pure math like if they are this good defensively and they have even a slightly negative net rating they are mm-hmm. going to fight for the playing that is yeah. how the league is yeah I don't, I, I don't think you can be a top 10 defense and just be a putrid team like i just don't think that that's the case and yeah. i mean and you look at these other teams that you know were at the bottom of the league last year <clears throat> along with the thunder and it's Detroit, who's 29th in defense, 120 yeah. defensive rating. The only oh, team yeah. that's worse that is, the, is the Brooklyn Nets, who I just don't want to talk about anymore, 121.6. I mean, it's just so bad. The Rockets are 117.2. They're 26th in the league. Um, Orlando is 18th at a 112. Like, that's a positive step forward for them, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is so di- – this is the most difficult thing to do. I think the offense will come along as these players get better and as they insert better players in, like s- specifically Chet Holmgren. When you insert yeah. him into the game, uh, the off- like the offensive burden is just eased for everybody. So we'll have to wait uh, quite a long while for that. But yeah. defensively, but, it's just yeah. – it is hard to be a good team and have a 120 defensive rating. And it is, and that's an aberration in itself. But like one seventeen, like it's just hard to be a good team. It's hard to win basketball games when you don't compete on that end. Um, you know, the net rating for the Rockets is the worst in the NBA. They're minus ten so far through through this many yeah. games. And I I was a little baffled by how much praise they were getting in the preseason and how much yeah, people I know. I thought ten minutes and I was disgusted. They they just don't they don't have much of an identity, you know. It's just basically just like we're gonna put a bunch of talent out there and throw it out there and let's see how it works. 
and they have a ton of talent. There's no doubt about that. And I don't wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't bash them for that. I just don't know that Steven Silas makes it. Like I don't think you can you can play like this and keep your coach. Um, I yeah, they're not playing organized basketball right now. Yeah, yeah, it's bad, and they it could all end end up working in their favor, and they get the number one pick sure. in the draft, and then sure. like no one's complaining at all in Houston. Um, yeah, but even if you do get the number one pick, you still have to somehow have an, a competent coaching staff to get you to where you want to go after that. You don't automatically get a title because you get Vic. You know, you need to you need to do the right Oladipo. things. Just because you get Victor Oladipo back on the Rockets doesn't mean no. Um, anyways, I just think the Thunder team is they're heading in the right direction. They're missing who's supposed to be their second best player. They will get another pick in this next draft that will matter to them. Mm-hmm. And you can see pretty clearly if you have watched them this season that they are in a real basketball team with real goals, like really trying to put things together today so that things are easier tomorrow. And it's pretty cool to see that all actually coming together. Yeah. And to be extremely optimistic, take all the Baisley segment and replace Chet Holmgren with him. I know. I know. Yeah. And then also yeah. have like a semi-competent Poku, you know. Yeah. And he's he was okay against the Mavs. He was okay. Yeah. Still making like pretty good reads out of like the short roll. Like I really actually like that position for him. Um, uh-oh. Oops. Is that your my phone? Bad. No, it was my... Um, how was the call? The one at the door. Ring bell. Oh, your doorbell. Doorbell, yes. Wow. Okay. That's a weird doorbell sound. Is that a, is that a typical doorbell sound? I have no idea, but yes. It's not... I mean, the, the house I was in before was similar. Okay. Yeah, they sound very different. It's more of a ding-dong here in uh, Oklahoma. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do you know what sounds really different? And there, I have friends that want that in Italy and there is n- no way to get it. Mm-hmm. The sound when you open your car. Oh, really? Yes. Like what sound? What do you mean? Like the sound that, like the, the beeping sound? What exactly. It, yeah. The beeping sound. It's not there here. There is no sound. Just there's, there's locks. No sound. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my my truck definitely does not make a sound. My truck. Oh, is, okay. My truck is like. Not you know, in, in, in spy movies, you touch the car and you see these. Oh, the car, oh the, the car alarm. No, 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 no. No. When you close it, you say, oh. you say like two beeps. Oh, when you lock it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My wife's car. Does makes that make a sound? Yeah. Well, the, the the horn honks. My wife's on oh, my wife's okay. SUV. We have no sounds. Yeah, mine. Yeah, mine does not make a sound either. <laughs> okay. um, speaking of not making, no, I don't have a transition. Um, so there was a rumor that was floated out. Obviously, was it? I can't remember if it was Woj or whoever it was. Yeah, it was Woj. So basically, somebody told Woj, "Hey, we're gonna need you to float this out there." <laughs> 
we, there is there is absolute intention. There is absolute reason. Whatever it is, I don't know. But the behind the scenes games when it comes to the C, the upcoming CBA are on full display right now with this stuff about a hard cap. And my first initial yeah. thought was, this is a. There's just no way that the NBA Players Association would ever allow something like that to happen. There's just no way. They would just they couldn't do it. Um, but then I just you start to you you think that way. But then you think like I don't know. They changed Kevin Durant's contract in the middle of the night. Yeah. CPA and completely changed the course of like the financial um, landscape for the Thunder. So you wonder about that. And I would just say, like, if you're a fan of the Cavaliers, if you're a fan of the Grizzlies, if you're a fan of even the Timberwolves, like that being floated out in any form of a hard cap being implemented in the NBA should scare the absolute crap out of you if you're one of those teams because they're all in. Mm-hmm. The Cavs have traded all their stuff to get this team. And mm-hmm. if they actually put a hard cap on the NBA CBA, they put that in the CBA, you can kiss that team goodbye pretty soon. Like, I don't... And you know, when Donovan Mitchell's contract is up, they're not going to... They just won't be able... They just would not even be able to keep him. It's just an impossibility yeah. because you're going to have to keep Evan Mobley. They've done a good job... They got Garland, they got Mobley, they traded for Jared Allen. They, The Levert trade I didn't love, but they still made it, and he's a guy that you have to pay. And then Mitchell is like the finishing piece to this team. Well, you're only going to get this team for a very small amount of time if there's a hard cap, because you just can't keep all those guys. Same thing for Minnesota. Like you can't... I... You, think, you it... think that Donovan Mitchell is going to take less money to stay no. with the Cleveland Cavaliers because that's that's is what that's what would have to happen. In order no, but we are talking about twenty twenty five. That's that yeah, but that might be when the hard cap is instated. You know, yeah. I don't think I think they would give like a buffer of years, sure, before it's actually like the hammers laid down. Like here's the hard cap. It might be like twenty twenty five, twenty six, or something like that. But in that case, just trade Jared Allen. Yeah, Way you have before. Yeah, but you have to make a choice. That guy was an all star. Sure. Yes. And yes. that's 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 I, I the agree. thing that that's the thing that sucks about this is that you have to make you're going to have to make choices on who's going to be on your team. And I and at the end of the day, some people are like, well, that's great. No, no team's going to be able to stack their roster. Nope. No, that is that is not the case. The, the, I think that's- the large markets are going to have an even more of an advantage at that time because the middle class will go completely away. It will be wiped yeah. from the NBA, and it's going to be the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots are going to want to play in Los Angeles. They're going to want to play in Miami. They're going to want to play in New York. And they're not going to want yeah. to play in Oklahoma City, Memphis, Cleveland, Minnesota. I can promise you that. For the same price, no. Um, I think there are two, I think three topics here of of extreme importance is, uh, first of all, debunk the, hey, the players union will never agree to this. Uh, I, hope to I, I hope they don't. The, and yeah. I hope they don't. And I hope that it's not a point of contention for the ownership group. That maybe this is just something they're floating out and saying like, hey, 
This is on our wish list. Because what this would do for the owners is it would make them a kajillion dollars. Because if you can't spend up to a certain amount, they'd be like, oh, sorry, guys. We just actually can't do it. We'll just have yeah. to take more profit, you know, off the top of this thing. I don't think that it will be like this, but if you can, they, they will have to, to, to divide the, the cake in a different way. Like, I don't think that the player, you know, will do it with the, yeah. um, with the it, revenue being shared in the same way. If you yeah. change that and you let the owner spend less, but you let the, the, the players earn more, then you might see them being more amenable to this. I yeah. also want to understand where the bar is set, because if you have a salary cap and then you have an apron that is hard capped, so basically the same mechanism that you have with signing trades, mm-hmm. where if you if you do a sign and trade and you are on the receiving end, then the hard cap is triggered at the apron, which mm-hmm. is, I think, 10 minutes above the tax line, something like that. I don't yeah. remember. Um, it's it's above the tax line. I don't remember exactly how much. Uh, it, it may not even be a fixed thing. It's just a percentage over um, the... Um, the, the, um, the tax line. So that is already different um, and it limits you in a different way, but it's also a way to control the costs. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to understand if it's a hard cap that applies to every contract in the league. That would be another way to squeeze in a different um, kind of protection for yeah. small markets. For example, it would be extremely interesting if you can exceed the apron only with players that you drafted and you signed. Um, but not with players that you are acquiring mm-hmm. by a trade. So there are multiple ways to to mix it up where uh, you you are in a certain controlled um, spending more than you are right now. Yeah. But uh, but you you are still putting a cap on on what is uh, the total amount. I yeah. wonder if this should be. A talking point though the league is making a gazillion money yeah. um we had different finals and in, in in recent years uh boston was in the final golden state won milwaukee uh won a title toronto won a title mm-hmm. and all this with the current rules mm-hmm. so you can say that there is parity there is star movement that goes um yeah to different markets and I mean, yes, for Los Angeles right now, it's not a good moment, but the Clippers are not bad. Yeah. In New York, you don't have two relevant teams, but that is history. I mean, no rule can um, make up for different ownership, let's put it this way. So mm-hmm. I wonder uh, if this should be a negotiation like, hey, we want this. No, okay, we are making money. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mean, relegation that, doesn't make any sense. Oh, the relegation stuff is so dumb. No. It is the dumbest thing to ever. Yes. I mean, somebody else uh, sent me a DM. They're like, listen, like, how do you relegate when the G League plays like 30 games? No, but it's even if you make, yeah. like, you really change the rules where you, you split, like, you have 20 teams that do the first league and 12 that do the second. So you have yeah. 32 teams There's anyway. Just, like, you have a lot of relegated teams. It doesn't make. Any sense, like protection of investment is the thing that keeps you the NBA alive and rich. If you take away that, nobody will be safe in investment. And believe me, I was a big soccer fan when I was young. And you don't want to go there. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And also, here's the other thing. The league doesn't care that much about tanking. 
Sorry, they don't. They have never shown yeah. that they care that much about it. They made some tweaks to the lottery. They did some lottery reform. It hasn't changed, really, the way that teams behave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's... I mean, that is what it is. And, you know, just... There's going to be some changes in the CBA, whatever it is. You just... You feel bad for these smaller markets that are going to eventually suffer because of the changes that can happen, specifically Minnesota. I think even Memphis, like Memphis is going to, like Desmond Bain is awesome. Desmond Bain, you're going to have to back up the Brinks truck for Desmond Bain when it comes time to pay that guy. And they may have, if if something like that happened where they institute a hard cap, they may have to be choosing between Jaron Jackson and Bain. Yeah. And right now I think that I think that you would choose Bane over Jaron, but that's a terrible decision to have to make. This early, yes. I mean that that cuts their championship window, just cuts it out. Because you yeah. the the rules prohibit you from keeping both. Yeah. Um you just hope they, they keep the, and obviously the current rules are in a way where it doesn't hurt Golden State at all just because they make so much money and they can spend as much money as they want and like it just and like the Thunder couldn't do that there are a lot of teams that couldn't do that New Orleans couldn't do that you know New Orleans is going to have to make some decisions themselves just because they've done so many good things you know even under the current rules just because they don't they don't have an ownership group that can afford it yeah it's almost penalizing good management Um, yeah yeah I mean it it definitely is it definitely is. Any team that has acquired, either through the draft or via trade or whatever, lots and lots of good players, says like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That's just, I, I hope it doesn't happen. But if if I was a fan of any of those other teams that are trying to build towards something and have multiple all-stars, you know, you're, you won't be able to do that in that, yeah. in the new system. And there is a lot of, fun in discussing trades and and it's really complicated mm-hmm. but like i praise myself to be a guy that knows numbers and when i try to understand even if it's a bunch of years then really trying to understand nfl cap rules mm-hmm. that is just doesn't make any sense they have hard cap yeah. they sign contracts that don't make anything that right. like don't, don't mean anything like mm-hmm. yes you have void years you can do all sorts of machinery is not as fun as the nba where it's it's complicated to get everything but the basic rules are in such a way that everyone can concord a trade and it's 80 percent okay <laughs> like which makes it fun because you can't play gm uh, from home, you can try to use these exceptions and, and stuff that are okay, are not very easy tools, but they're still simple enough to to to, to play with. So yeah. I really think that um, these things are part of why the NBA is so good. And yeah. I mean, it again to me, putting the hard cap at apron level doesn't really change much. Yeah, like if you have a salary cap and salaries that are tuned for that and then you have a buffer of 30 percent it's it's still like something manageable even for a team like cleveland you have to be more mindful about the middling contract mm-hmm. like i don't think that with uh our at apron dot signs that contract 
I don't think yeah, so. It would be it's too risky. Be uh, six million less. Yeah. Yes. You like at twelve, you do it. At nineteen, you. Hmm. No. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Those those kind of contracts will be gone. Yeah. You'll have a higher population of like salaries around 12, 13. Yeah, the mid-level, the taxpayer mid-level will be standard for good players, the great yeah. players. And then if you're a team that like like the Knicks, if you pay RJ Barrett like he's a great player, it is so much more damaging to your franchise. Oh, yeah. So, like so Tobias much. Harris will never sign a max. Yes. Um, yeah, the ma- the max for these just rando guys that score 20 points a game will will have to go. No. You'll have to like exactly. really sift through who these guys are. And sometimes that's really hard to do at the end of a rookie extension. Yes. It, it can be really hard to know. Like, is this guy really a guy? Because I, I don't – I mean, even the Thunder who signed Shea to this contract – I think they hoped he would be this. They know. They knew at the time. I don't. I mean, did. I'm just. I didn't know. Maybe, but I'm. I'm not the smartest guy. I didn't know. I think you hope that he's this, and it's great yeah, that he is. Of course. But it, I don't know that it was always just a complete guarantee that he would be yeah. this. So, I don't know. It's something to watch. the The CBA shapes the way the league operates, and it's something that I know is can be a little bit more boring and not as it's not as exciting to talk about as Isaiah Joe. And I totally get that. And I don't want to talk about it as much as I want to talk about Isaiah Joe and Shea and even Darius Baisley being good players. But it is, if you're an NBA fan, something to keep an eye on. And my initial thought is like, don't like, yeah, that's never going to happen. But I don't know. Like just, you got to keep an open mind to what the league and the players might do. And if you, if there's any track record whatsoever, it's the, the track record of it hurting small markets. Yeah. Um, so something, something to not completely dismiss outright. So, uh, down to dunk nights on Thursday, they play the nuggets. It's going to be a great time. So sad. McKelly can't be there. Um, I'll be with my heart. Yep. I'll be sleeping, but hey, <laughs> heart is yours. That's right. <laughs> um, can't wait to see you guys there. It's going to be such a great time. Think, start thinking of questions now. We're probably going to hand out little tiny pieces of paper for you to write questions on. And you can ask them to any of us, me, Jay, Luke, Taylor, Alex. You can direct them at, specific, at a specific person or not, whatever you want to do. Um, so... Be, if you're going to be in attendance, be thinking of those. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful Monday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.